0: Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where pressure is on the menu. According to a report by the federal government, in 2023, renewable energy, wind and solar, will overtake natural gas as the primary generator of electricity in the Texas electricity market. This is just more information that Texas is on a very expensive and dangerous harmful path when it comes to how we get our electricity on the texas electricity grid we're going to be talking about all this and maybe a little bit more on episode 106 this week's episode of the liberty cafe hi this is bill peacock and welcome to liberty cafe As I always tell you, and as I always mean it, it's a blessing to have you listening to me today. I love how we're coming together here on the Liberty Cafe, and along with our sponsor, Texas Scorecard, to talk about issues of liberty, how the government is oppressing us, and seeking to take our liberty away. Of course, we do a pretty good job sometimes of taking our own liberty away as we walk in sinfulness, and those are things we need to deal with, but It really makes it a lot worse when the government is helping us out by oppressing us, too. Now, we hope as Christians we would turn to God and pray for his blessings and comforts as we deal with that oppression, but that doesn't mean we should stop fighting against that oppression. And that's really what the Liberty Cafe is all about. It's what Texas Scorecard really is all about, I I would suggest as well, in the sense that even here at the Liberty Cafe, the tagline for it is, where oppression is on the menu. So... I seek to to bring up examples of oppression from the government and from other places here and there and see how we can understand it, repent of it if we need to, and help others, particularly those in government, repent of their behavior and have a government that looks more like God designed it to be. So anyway, blessing to have you here, blessing to be sponsored by Texas Scorecard, and why don't we go ahead and get into the business of today. Well, I'm having this this discussion today with you because there's a new report from the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Uh, just before we go any farther, I think we can all agree that there's a problem when the United States government has a United, an Energy Information Administration. Why the federal government feels the need to get into our energy, where we get our electricity from, is beyond me same reason why they feel like it's their job to fix poor people provide welfare for them to tell us how much we should pay for our homeowners insurance healthcare insurance all these kinds of things we could go on and on and on about that but let's uh, let's just focus in on what this report had to say because as unnecessary as this administration might be this report is seems to me to be pretty accurate And pretty scary as well. So what we have going on here is that Texas has been growing in just leaps and bounds when it comes to having how much renewable energy has been here in Texas. If you go back to 2007, only 3% of the generation in Texas came from renewable energy. Uh, today, that is according to the EIA this year in particular, that's up to 27%. Sometimes it's well past that, particularly in the uh, the months when the wind is blowing. Typically, of course, when the wind is really blowing a lot, we don't really need the electricity from it because it's not blowing so much during the summer. The, the Solar, at least, has the benefit of coming from the sun, which tends to shine more when it's hot. And that's how you get hot weather, uh, despite what they would say from the global warming alarmists would say. You get more sun, you get more heat. And at least it has that benefit. But just this past spring, there was this event that happened where the sun was shining hard and fast on the middle and eastern portions of Texas. Yet we had cloud cover over in West Texas, which is, by the way, where most of the solar energy is generated And so the solar didn't come through either when we needed it. So both of these sources are are intermittent because they can't be counted on to generate all the time, which means they're also unreliable. And so it's just making a mess of the grid. This is in large part why we had the blackouts during winter storm URI in 2021. But the, the news is getting worse. What the EIA has said that, so this year... It, it estimates that uh, natural gas is going to generate about 42% of electricity that we use and renewables will be at about 30%. Next year, however, it has us going nat- natural natural gas declining to only 36% and renewables going all the way up to 37%. It's 29% for for wind and 8% for solar. Now, Wind is not growing a whole lot as far as its ability to new plants coming in there are there are some but solar is just going out of control for instance it was only two years ago that solar was generating only two percent of electricity in the state this year it's at five next year it's going to be at eight that means in just three years solar generation into the market will have quadrupled the it's amazing how much this is this is going on. Solar's just being built right and left, and of course, the only reason this is happening is because of subsidies from the government, both the federal government, the state government here in Texas, and the um, local governments that are driving all this investment into um, into solar generation. Now it's happening also for the other. Um, other sources wind, But it's, it's just crazy how much this is happening. To give you just an idea of how much money has come into the market, let me do some, pull up some research here from the Energy Alliance, where I am the policy director. So from 2006 to 2021, the numbers including 22, are about $2 billion higher overall. But local subsidies alone during that period of time have been about $1.5 billion. State subsidies... For renewable, again, $10.3 billion. And federal subsidies during that time have been $12.2 billion, almost $12.3 billion. And it's actually going to get worse because, as you may have heard, the federal government just a little while back passed the Inflation Reduction Act, the IRA Act. And, of course, there's nothing... About that act that will reduce inflation. In fact, it's going to drive inflation as it drives more federal spending. And one thing it's going to do is drive more subsidies for renewable energy. And so uh, Robert Bryce had used my numbers and pulled together his own, own numbers and, and showed that this about $22 billion worth of subsidies in, uh, for renewables had driven about $66 billion of investment in renewable generation here in Texas since I think it was about 2003 or four, something like that. Well, there was a headline in the Houston Chronicle shortly after the IRA passed, and it predicted that $67 billion of more investment would come into Texas because of the IRA and existing renewable subsidies. So it, it, it could double the investment in renewables because of all this government intervention which is not surprising if you look at all the numbers cuz the the PUC and this report they put together from this company called E3 predicts projects that over the next 4 years through 2026 99% of all new generation built in Texas will be renewable wind or solar almost no generation will be coming from natural gas new new generation natural gas or coal or nuclear the three most reliable and most affordable sources for generating electricity so you you can see how things are falling apart here and falling apart rather quickly the the sad really sad thing is that the texas legislature for almost two over two decades now has been completely supportive of the push for renewables and the subsidies for renewables at the state and local level which they're in charge and they've done nothing to try and reduce or or overturn the effects of federal subsidies as well and and that's really strange considering how big a role renewables played in the winter storm uri but of course The the Texas legislature and the members, the governor in particular, who has pushed renewable energy subsidies, the Speaker of the House, and and to a lesser extent, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, have egg on their face because their support over decades or however many years they've been around led to that. And if they led to the the blackouts and if they acknowledge that by now turning against renewables, it, people might want to start to blame them. Myself, I, I think people would be forgiving if they came out and said, look, we knew. know the state of Texas has supported this through these various programs over the last 20 years and we should have done something to stop it. But let me tell you this, we've seen what the results of this is, with winter storm URI and we're going to stop it right now. If they had done that, Texans would have forgiven them, and they would have, in fact, congratulated them and cheered them on in what they were doing. But instead, they just have done a cover-up, and the result is what we have going on at the PUC right now, which is a proposal of plans that would um, make Texas electricity more expensive. You know, if you put all the pieces together with that, about a $6 billion a year electricity tax on Texans through what the PUC is doing... An absolutely zero impact on reducing renewable energy. That, that's what we've come to today. And, and nobody's doing anything about it. Well, the, the one thing that has been positive over the last week, and this just happened, was that the Texas Senate sent a letter. I testified at their hearing a couple of weeks ago now, maybe it's three weeks ago, and told them, I wasn't the only one there, but told them they needed to scrap the PUC's market redesign project and go back to the drawing board and s- start by taking what we have in our market today mm-hmm. where market prices should be ruling and get all this stuff out that the PUC has put in there and just let the market work. Other people told similar ideas to them. Well, the the, the Texas Senate came out and sent a letter to the PUC and asked them to halt what they were doing on this market redesign. Now, the Texas uh, PUC doesn't have to listen to the Senate, but since they pay their bills, they, they might want to do that. So we'll see what happens from that. The one problem is, is that, while it's a good thing that the Senate has sent this letter to the PUC, there's a lot of talk in the Senate and even some mentions of this in the letter, at least obliquely, that what the Senate really wants to do under the leadership of Dan Patrick is support a plan or something similar to a previous plan put together by Warren Buffett, which would basically, he would he and his company, Berkshire Hathaway, would come in and build natural gas generation in the state of Texas, and Texas consumers would just pay them $8 billion for that. It doesn't matter whether we need the generation. We might need some of it, or whether we want it, or whether it's affordable or not. They would build it. They would charge us. And we would pay them. This is a huge corporate subsidy for Berkshire Hathaway, and and, but why? So why would Dan Patrick and the Senate do this? And also Todd Hunter. I don't know whether he supports this or not, but he was questioning. There was a hearing just this week on this issue in the Texas House, and he was pushing the chairman of the PUC, saying, "Will your plan guarantee that new generation is built in Texas?" and Peter Lake, chairman of the PUC, said yes. Well, actually, that's not true. So he, he's just not being honest about what the PUC's plan would do. But the other problem is, is that this is, I think, what Dan Patrick and Governor Abbott and Todd Hunter and others want to do. They want to have something that guarantees new generation coming in, and they don't care how much it costs, because if they can guarantee new generation coming in, and that will keep us from having more blackouts, they're off the hook. They don't have to worry about it anymore. In the meantime, though, Texas consumers are going to be stuck with this $6 billion a year or more price tag for this new electricity generation that is keeping politicians from having to face the music for their years and years and years of supporting renewable energy, and for the fact they're not doing anything to undo it today. So that's kind of the setup we're in right now. Texas is heading towards renewable energy Valhalla, and our legislature tours won't do anything about it. Well, I'd like to just look at this from a biblical perspective before we go away. So so what's wrong with this? You, you, You can look at it from a lot of different perspectives, from an economic perspective, from a financial perspective, But even when you're looking at it from those perspectives, you're looking at it from a biblical perspective because that's what we see in the Bible, right? That the Bible gives us a lot of information about how to properly do things like finances and economics and those types of things. They give us the principles and sometimes even direct uh, direction on how to deal with those kinds of issues And so, we we can take a look at this from a biblical perspective, and it works very well even with the the secular perspective on on how things should work. Matter of fact, the secular perspective of how things will work are largely based on the biblical model. Most people refuse to acknowledge that. Like, thou shalt not kill? That didn't come. You know, the fact that murder is illegal today? That came straight from the Bible. It didn't come from the human heart, because... There have been many times throughout human history where murdering people is quite okay. It just depends on who was doing it and where it took place. So let's just look at this from a biblical perspective. And I'd like to point out three things that are wrong with the growth of renewable energy from a biblical perspective. First, it's built on lies. And in this article I read that first alerted me to this EIA report, it has two quotes. And one is from the Houston Chronicle. And it says, "Here's the quote from here, uh, from the story." Texas leaders, lawmakers, and regulators are putting their thumbs on the scale to reward fossil fuels at the expense of renewable energy, which is hardly surprising given the chummy relationship of state state officials have with oil and gas. The Houston Chronicle says in an editorial. That's bad news for residential consumers, says the Houston Chronicle, particularly since wind and solar are often the most reliable ener- energy source during times of peak demand. So that is just a lie. Uh, you know, th- the times of peak demand are when you need electricity the most, and that's when renewable energy fails. They're just you can't count on them being there. Uh, solar wasn't there during peak demand in winter storm Uri at 1 a.m. in the morning because it can't work unless the sun's shining. Sun, I mean, on summer afternoons, when we need the most electricity from the grid because of high heat and air conditioning's running over there, wind is almost never at its peak. It's always dropping off. And even solar, as I pointed out just recently, had a problem with that. It's simply not true. It's a lie that wind and solar are often most of the reliable energy source because either they are a reliable energy source or they aren't. There's none of this often stuff. They're not there when we need them a lot of the times, whereas natural gas and that kind of thing actually is there. Now, their plants may break down and stuff like that, but they're there and they're working most of the time. Another lie came from Joshua Rhodes, who's an energy expert at the University of Texas at Austin. There's a lot of reasons not to like the University of Texas at Austin. Um, you know, I'm an Aggie, and you know, when I was growing up, and, and even some recent years, you know, that was good enough for me not to like the University of Texas. But these days, I'm not real keen on either University of Texas or Texas A&M University because they're both godless institutions. It's just that A&M is running behind University of Texas on that, but it's trying to catch up as fast as it can. So here's what uh, another reason not to like them. And and this is Joshua Rhodes' quote. He says, uh, the paper says, Texas is mostly, and this is the quote, doing this, building renewables, he means, because it makes financial sense. It doesn't make financial sense. That is a lie. You hear people from the renewable energy market talk about how, oh, renewables are the cheapest source of electricity today. Well, sometimes the price for Renewable energy is the cheapest because it comes from a source that is subsidized. And so when markets, when there's a lot of wind, for instance, being blown out there and it's producing a lot of electricity, but we don't have a lot of demand for it, then they just lower their price and sell it really low because they can afford to do that because of the subsidies. Basically, it's a form of pricing that will drive their competitors out of business. And that's what's been going on. But that low price on the market through predatory pricing doesn't do anything to reduce the cost of electricity from renewable sources. It's far more expensive to generate electricity from wind and from solar. But the thing is, part of that cost is being paid through either income taxes, the the sub-federal credits, or property taxes the local government subsidies here in Texas. You add all that up, wind and solar costs a lot more. So again, Joshua Rhodes is just lying, being untruthful about this making financial sense. It doesn't make financial sense at all. And of course, the other lie that is built on, that renewable subsidies and renewable energy is built on is the whole thing about climate change and global warming. I'm not going to go into that. But but the whole idea that a God-made element of the air carbon dioxide is a pollutant is just well it's an outright lie and it just makes no sense at all and and all the data they have to show global warming effects and the human impact on global warming is a climate warming there right now maybe but it was cooling just a few years ago and that's been doing that for thousands of years up and down and up and down has very little to do if anything to do with the emissions Of human activity. It has a lot more to do with how much heat we're getting from the Sun through solar flares and those types of things. So, all lies. The second thing is that all this renewable energy is built on theft. And that's pretty simple. Thou shall not steal. Well, it's theft if the renewable energy companies came to us and said, we want to sell you some electricity and it's going to cost this much. And we say, we don't want to pay it. And they said, well, you're going to pay it. And they came and stuck a gun to our head or just jumped into our bank account and took the money from us. That would be theft. They'd be prosecuted for that. Could be armed robbery. But when the government does it through subsidies, it's still theft, but it's just legalized because the government says it's okay to do. But however you measure that or look at it, it's still theft. The Renewable Energy industry today is built almost entirely on theft and lies, and that gets us to the last part. It's also built on a total and complete misunderstanding of God's design for, and purposes for humans, and we see that most clearly in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, which is called sometimes the cultural mandate, sometimes called the dominion covenant. Let me just read that to you, and then we'll close here. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we see God made us to have dominion over the whole world, both the animals and the earth itself. And he told us to go use it because he wanted us to fill the earth. And how are we going to fill the earth unless we use the earth to build homes and shelters, and raise food, and generate electricity. So for a long time, we didn't have electricity. But if we're going to have the kind of population that we need to fill the earth and obey God's commandment to fill the earth, and in the Great Commission to disciple the nations, we're going to need electricity to make that happen. And we need to use the elements of the earth to do that. And we want to use it in a way that is pleasing to God, and efficient in God's sight, creative in God's sight. So that doesn't mean the, the, the least efficient sources of electricity in the world today, and the oldest, by the way, are wind and the sun, right? Water's that old too, but it's not always inefficient. But wind and sun are always inefficient. And God gave us those for a while to use before we had the capital put together to build the infrastructure needed to generate electricity, but as soon as we we're able to do that, all that went away. Wind and solar died off rapidly because they just didn't meet our needs. So today, when we have this great supply of electricity and other energy needs built off of fossil fuels or and uh, nuclear energy, what's going on now is all that is being taken away from us, or they're trying to take it away from us, because of the need to preserve the earth. But that totally misunderstands what God told us to do with the earth. We should use the earth, not pollute the earth any more than we can. We're going to pollute it in some sense because, you know, we're people and we're, it's a fallen world and we're going to generate waste. But we need to manage that waste in a way that glorifies God. And there by no stretch of the imagination can putting CO2 into the air harm the world. It just doesn't work that way. It's not how God intended us to do. So renewable energy is built on three false understandings from a biblical perspective. It's built on lies, it's built on theft, and it's built on a denial of the Dominion Covenant and God's design for us in the world. Well, thank you very much for joining me again today on the Liberty Cafe in episode 106. And thanks again to the folks over at Texas Scorecard for being our sponsor. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at TexasScorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.